0: It's, um, it's fun to be on a staff with uh, a couple other good preachers. One of the things we do on Tuesdays is we encourage each other about the readings for the following Sunday by kind of reflecting on what the last person said on Sunday, and then all of us reading the readings for the following week and just kind of sharing ideas. And yesterday, we reached kind of a fevered pitch Mike's going to be preaching. Uh, he's, going to, he's got that Old Testament lesson about Jacob wrestling with God. And right there in the Old Testament lesson, without stealing Mike's thunder, at the end of it, Jacob demands God blesses him. And that's what I preached about Sunday. And so with a little bit of an apology for those of you who were there Sunday, a lot of what I'm going to say today is, is just a repeat of what I said Sunday, but I'm going to start it differently. And I'm going to start it with a Dave Mason song. Um, Dave Mason, uh, his most famous song was a song called We Just Disagree. Um, but there was another song he sang it was a little peppier. And if you go back and look at the words of it, um, the name of the song was Let It Go, Let It Flow. And it was great. Let it go, let it flow like a river. And I was, I was coming out of the shower this morning thinking about it kind of dripping wet, ironically enough. And I thought, I wonder what the rest of those words are. And they're fantastic. If he's not a Christian when he wrote this, he certainly had Christian influence in his life. Uh, the, the the two verses I just want us to think about, and I'll return to in the end, are these. Let it go. Let it flow like a river. Let it go. Let it flow through you. Sounds a bit like our vision, doesn't it? From him through us to the world. Let it go. Listen to the song on the way home. It's a good one. Dave Mason. Russ Parker came. Uh, Rob and I were not here two minutes when he said, Gary, uh, maybe I'm doing kind of a more excitable Rob than Rob really is. Gary, he kind of just went, Hey Gary. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. How was, how tell me your thoughts about Russ Parker. Um, Rob's got that gift of that pastoral sensibility, and I need more of that. So tell me a little bit about Russ Parker. He said, oh, I said, okay. So I, I probably gave him more than he wanted to know. And I, I talked specifically about how one person on our prayer team, I felt, had been telling us all a certain thing about what to expect when Russ came here. And in deference to her, because she's been at this church longer than me, I was listening, and I was kind of expecting when Russ came here, he was going to say, oh, there's a lot of problems in this town. I can feel it. Oh, there's a lot of problems in this community, this nation, the world. I can feel it. And here's what you need to do to help solve those problems for God. I mean, in in a simplistic way, that's kind of what I was expecting. He took all the prayer cards on Friday from our 24-hour vigil. There were so many things about that weekend that I just am so proud of our church. And it didn't, it wasn't all just that weekend. It was everything about 300 brought to a head. So if you weren't there, don't hear this the wrong way. It wasn't like, oh, you had to be there. You, we were all part of it. I mean, because we'd all participated in some form of the 300 thing. So he took the prayer cards, he went home, and uh, came back with three words out of all these cards. And and the words were celebration, which I I, I wish John had been here on Sunday because I know he would have jumped out of the box because that's one of the 300th words, celebrating, proclaiming. Okay, so celebration. Uh, The second word was vision, which got me excited because we had just unrolled our vision from through to. And the third was forgiveness. And when he said it, I was like... That's it. That's what that woman's been saying. We're going to be the the instrument of God that goes into the community and in our church, and we're going to ask for forgiveness for everything. We're going to ask for forgiveness for racial problems, or gender problems, or political problems, or societal problems. That's it. See? God's spoken through us, and we're going to do it now. And then he got to Saturday and then Saturday night, and that's not what he said at all. He, He said the way we were going to get to this place of forgiveness for all was that he felt Prince George had been called to become a blessing church. And we were sitting here Saturday night, some of us scratching our head, and then he began to explain the difference between blessing and prayer. I talked about it on Sunday in uh, hopefully a humorous way. Prayer is, Lord, will you please? Lord, could you? Lord, when you have a minute. Lord, we need you. Lord, we love you. It's it's this conversation with God where we're we're trying to, it seems at times, pull things down from him to us to change our environment that's not what blessing is russ said blessing is taking the truth of scripture and speaking it out now it takes some courage it it takes um, some veracity Um, it's a little um, overly pious to, to begin to walk around town declaring in scripture in the name of the Lord blessing on people but i got to the end of it and gave people a simple way to do it and i'll do that again today I'll do that again today. Let me give you a new example of blessing. Uh, the one I gave on Sunday was about a realtor friend. This one's about me and Ryan. Uh, early on here, uh, Tom Rowland's here this morning, and so is John. As we were trying to keep the church moving through COVID, we were recording a service on Fridays, and we were doing four services uh, during the week, Wednesday, Wednesday, three on Sunday, and then we were adding this, so we were doing lots of services in an effort to spread people out so they could still come to the building, and COVID wouldn't have as big an effect on us, or we wouldn't run the risk of getting sick, you know, by spite being separated, and about the fourth month into it, fourth month into my relationship with Ryan Landis, who was here when I got here, who had come through two interims and a rector that didn't last but about 18 months, um, Ryan was in kind of this place of flux, I looked at him in the hallway, and I said, Landis, I said, you are one of the, the best self-starters I've ever worked with. I said, everything you do, I said, everything I've asked you to do, you've done it, and you've done it quickly, and most always, you've done it better than I ever imagined. And Ryan just stood there like he had just avoided a car accident. I mean, he was stunned. And he said, this is what he said, do you think so? I said, yeah. I said, hasn't anybody ever told you that before? And he went, no. No one's ever told me that before. I said, well, don't you believe that about yourself? And he went, no, I don't think so. You really think I'm a self-starter? And I said, you are. That was an impartation. That was a blessing. Um, And I didn't say it to try to make him more self-starter-ish. I said it from a place of, I'm so glad that this guy's here serving with me in this time because of this gift that I see in him. It was a blessing. It was what Naomi does to Ruth, but then Ruth doubles down on her with these words, I mean they're so powerful don't you know don't urge me to leave you don't, don't urge me to go away for where you go I want to go where you live I want to live your people shall be my people your God my God where you die I will die I said on Sunday I'm this close to creating a false narrative about my life I like being here so much you're my people and I'm your people. Your God is my God. Where you go, I want to go. And I'm dying and going right in that columbarium out there for $600. Anyway, um, no, I just I feel that strongly about the relationship I have with the people here at Prince George when, Y'all, Have we ever thought about the power of the blessed word? Mike Lumpkin, at the last stage of my process to start into seminary, um, one Sunday did something for me much like I did for Ryan. The Saturday before I was at a paintball place with my son for his 16th birthday, I took a Mercedes van and I filled it full of teenagers and a six foot sub and a bunch of sodas and paintball guns and we drove to this paintball place and I got eliminated, I mean, Tom's seen me shoot, I'm terrible, I got eliminated at the beginning of every one of the paintball rounds and so I'd go back to the van covered in paint and I, I, I kept working on this spiritual autobiography that I had to turn in on Monday. To the diocese to be done with this paperwork this thing and the last question of the thing what do you wish your father would have said to you it was the last question in this phone book size stack of papers and i was so covered in paint tired of paintball and all that. i was like i don't know i looked at sue i was like what am i going to write here and i'm like i don't know i guess you know what every son would love to hear i wish i had heard my dad say i'm so proud of you i just wrote that on there i wish i had to say i'm so proud of you sealed it all up went went home washed off went to church the next day and i was a lay eucharistic minister Mike Lumpkin is about four inches shorter than I am. And when it was time to do the communion, I came up to the communion rail, lay person, and I was, I was going to receive communion first, and then he was going to hand me the chalice or the patent because we were we, it was a little bigger, and we did standing stations and stuff. So I, I walk up there. This is the Sunday right after that Saturday. I wish my dad would tell me he's proud of me. I walk up, Mike's standing up like on the step, and I'm, now I'm eye to eye with him, which the first thing I know is like, wow, we're eye level. That's kind of cute. And so he goes to hand me the bread. And right before he puts the bread in my hand, he looks right at me and he says, I'm so proud of you. I know. Thanks for gasping. I gasped. I was like, Lord. What I mean, what what I really needed, what we all really need is to hear from our Father in heaven. It's great when I tell Ryan he's a self-starter. I mean, that's good. But Ryan, Ryan needs to know that God sees him as a self-starter. It's great that my dad might tell me he'd be proud of me, but it's even better when it comes from the Lord. Paul gives us a formula. This is what Paul tells us to do: bless your enemies. My story on Saturday was about a guy who hired a black realtor. It's a powerful story. He grew up in a small southern town, uh, Augusta, and uh, he grew up in a very racially heated house, and he was taught to hate. And he decided somewhere in his 40s, he, I tell it to the Holy Spirit, but he, he's like, I just woke up one day and said, I'm not going to hate anymore. And this black realtor-to-be came into his office in 1972. It was his office. And she said, I'd like a job in real estate. And to his knowledge, there were no black realtors in town, and there were certainly no black female realtors in town. And he looked right at her, and he said, I'm going to hire you, and I'm going to make you the best realtor in this office. And not just in this office, in this state and possibly the nation. I'm going to help you. And she became the president of the State Association of realtors, And she still sells real estate today in Spartanburg. And they still talk on the phone a couple times a month. The power of the blessed word. Paul says it like this. here's it is. Bless your enemies. No cursing. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. This is the message version. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. And try never to be a great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. God says, I'll do the judging. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy him lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good good i started my ordained life in an all-black church and in the all-black church that i was in they had lots of little what i call bumper sticker theology and it drove me crazy kind of like it's all good anyway um two of the things they said all the time that drove me over the wall which i've now repented of are these you know gary we're blessed to be a blessing blessed to be a blessing. And the other one was, and this is the best, too blessed to be stressed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm like, well, you seem pretty stressed. You're saying it with your teeth gritted. But I mean, they, it just it kind of flowed out of their understanding of from him. That it would actually be an affront to God if we take whatever we've been given from him, clench our tooth and say something ugly or something evil or something bad. In their culture, they had just come to understand that everything that they have comes from God. And so therefore, our first reaction has to be gratefulness. And the second reaction has to be that we want to share. So there's the reflection. Like Russ encouraged us, the what's next for Prince George, it seems to me, uh, looks like this out of the celebration that we've been doing for about two years and out of this new vision we begin a journey of forgiveness and it looks like taking the blessings we've received physically financially and most important spiritually into the world blessing from the father son and holy spirit through this body at pgw to be shared blessings with the world and here's what i did on sunday i shared a way to try to begin practicing this and this is the part i'm glad ryan's here Instead of saying to people today, and Mike actually started it because when we passed the peace on Sunday, after hearing the sermon, Mike said, Here's what I want you to do. Instead of saying, and also with you or the peace of God, instead of saying that, look right at him and say, The blessing of God, the love of Jesus be on you. And he had us, so he, the blessing of God, the love of Jesus. When I did it to Charlotte Beard, the teenager, she looked at me and went, You too. But it was this idea that we're going to try to practice speaking blessings. And so here was the thing I gave the church as a, 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 an idea. Instead of when you go to Food line today or have lunch today later or whatever, and somebody waits on you, and at the end of all the exchange they say, have a good day, and we mindlessly say, oh, have a good day too, and we hustle out. Try to, and this is going to take some courage, begin to try to say it one of three ways. Well, God bless you, or if you want to shorten it as you kind of walk away, bless you. Or, kind of my favorite right now, God bless. We say it every time somebody sneezes. I mean, why not take Russ Parker seriously? Why not trust that Scripture is true? And why not just say to ourselves, that's who we want to try to be. Let's try to be the people of peace who go out into this community, who fly to Texas, who go to California, wherever we go, bearing this blessing gift to others. Amen.